you're welcome to turn with me in your Bible. And for some reason, I just, I don't know if we've got some lights that have gone out. I feel it's like a little bit darker than usual here. Uh, so let me find a good place, and I think this is good right here. So this is Luke chapter 22, starting at uh, verse 54. I thought there was something different. <laughs> let there be light. Okay. All right. Luke chapter uh, 22, verse uh, 54, then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. And when they kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else said to him, saw him and said to him, you also are one of them. And Peter said, man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are talking about. There are other, trans, uh, other records in the gospel that say Peter denied with a curse that he even knew Jesus. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you're talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Father, I am your obedient servant. I am your faithful and trustworthy child. I am your anointed messenger. I will speak the words today that you give me. I will deliver the thoughts as you enable me to do so that you have already planted in my mind and my heart today. I speak them, Lord, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I ask you to anoint these words to go to the very heart of every person here, that you will minister to people exactly what they need to hear and what they need to know. And may the Holy Spirit enlighten minds and hearts to receive and accept your message today. In Jesus' name, amen. Simon Peter had a great experience of time spent with the Lord. He was one of what I call the inner circle. Remember there were times when Peter, James, and John were called to do things with the Lord Jesus that others were not. He was drawn into that inner circle and on several occasions. Jesus gave him special attention and special opportunity as he did to James and John. It was Simon Peter who... When the Lord Jesus said, well, who do people say that I am? People are confused about my identity. They're talking about me and who I am. Who, who, who do men say that I am? And some his disciples, one after another, said, some say that you're Elijah. Others say that you're John the Baptist, come back. Others say that you're one of the prophets of the past. Whom do you say that I am? Jesus asked them. And Simon Peter stepped up and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Simon, but my Father in heaven's revealed. So it was, it was a wonderful spiritual relationship 
deeper probably than most of the other disciples that Simon Peter had with the Lord Jesus. When Jesus came walking on the water and Simon Peter saw him, all the disciples saw him, but it was Simon Peter who still walked up to the edge of the boat and said, Lord, I believe it's you, and if it is, bid me come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And Simon Peter got out of the boat and started walking on the water. And he walked until he got his eyes off Jesus and got his eyes on the storm and started to sink. And then the Lord pulled him up and saved him. So it was a tremendous relationship that he had with him. But in that upper room, when Jesus said, one of you will betray me, and everybody said, oh, who is it, Lord? It cannot be me. I would never betray you. Finally, Jesus said, before this night's over, all of you will forsake me. Simon Peter was the most vociferous of them all, saying, I would never forsake you. I would never betray you. And finally, Jesus said, Simon Peter... Before this night's over, before the cock crows, before the rooster crows in the morning, you'll deny me three times. You know know Simon Peter didn't believe that. There were times he didn't believe what Jesus said. In fact, there was a time right after he confessed that he was the son of the living God that Simon Peter took him and shook him and said, no, you're not going to go suffer in Jerusalem. And, and, And the Lord Jesus pushed him away and said it was of the flesh and of the devil that he was saying that. So he didn't believe it when Jesus said it. He paid little attention to it. But as time went on and Jesus was arrested, he wasn't going to betray him. In fact, Simon Peter determined he wouldn't betray him. He was going to fight for him. He pulled out his sword. Remember? When they came to the garden, when they came to Gethsemane to arrest Jesus, Simon Peter was there with the rest of the disciples, and they were going to arrest him. And he was the one who had a sword. He took out the sword, and he cut off the ear of Malchus, who was a servant of the high priest, according to the Scriptures. I'll guarantee you this, Simon Peter was not swinging for his ear. He was planning to cut off his head. The man just happened to see the sword coming, missed it, and Simon Peter got his ear. The scripture really says Jesus healed him, so I guess he, I think he picked up the ear, dusted it off, put it back on his head, and healed him. They still arrested him, took him, and illegally tried him, condemned him after a series of events, and then finally... In that time that Jesus was being illegally tried, questioned, determined by the high priests and all of their ilk that he was going to be killed, finally they were going to get rid of him, Simon Peter was the one who stayed close enough. The scripture says that in Gethsemane, the older disciples forsook him and fled. Peter followed him afar off. He came into the courtyard, he sat down by the fire, Jesus was being tried. Apparently it was in some place that they were able to see and hear some of it. Peter sitting there by the fire. A little girl came up and said, oh, you're one of them. I recognize you. Oh, no, I am not. I do not know him. Again, another one came to him and said, oh, I believe you are one of them. I think I remember seeing you. No, no, I am not one of them. I don't know him. And then finally, after a while, another one came and said, you must be. You're a Galilean. Your speech betrays you. He's a Galilean. You're here. I think I've seen you with him. And Peter swore, according to the other records of the gospel, and cursed and said, I do not even know him. And by that time, the night had passed. The trial had been going on. And just about the time he said that, the rooster crowed. And Simon Peter remembered what Jesus had said. He had forgotten it up to that point. But then he remembered that Jesus said, you'll betray me. And the scripture says, and that's why I chose to read this from Luke. I could have read it from the other accounts of the Gospels. I chose to read it from Luke because Luke is the one that says, when that happened, 
when that happened, when Peter heard the rooster crow, he realized this is what Jesus prophesied. And Luke records, Simon Peter went out and wept bitterly. He left the courtyard. I don't know where he went. To his mother-in-law's house. Perhaps to some domicile of his own. Or maybe just out into some field to sit down. In the sorrow and agony of his soul. To cry out, oh, what have I done? I have betrayed the one who had such confidence in me, such love for me. I have betrayed him when he needed me the most. And he wept bitterly. Have you ever been in that place? I don't mean what you did, that you denied him, but have you ever been in that place because of feeling like you failed so strongly, miserably failed, you just wept and cried bitterly over it, not knowing what else to do? Simon Peter started at that time, right then, when he went out and, started and wept bitterly. He started a long, dark night. There is no other record in the Scripture of anything about Simon Peter till after the crucifixion is over, till after the Sabbath day is passed, till after the Sunday morning of the resurrection. But then Simon Peter comes back into the picture. Mary Magdalene and the women went to the tomb and the angel announced to them, he's not here, he's risen as he said. They went and told the disciples, And when they did, John and Peter rushed to the tomb. They were running. John outran Peter. This is in John's record. He he said, I outran him, got to the tomb first, but I stopped to look inside, and Peter just rushed on past me and went in. Typical of what Peter would do. But from that time, now, even then, even then when Peter saw the empty slab and the grave clothes, That doesn't mean that he actually believed at that moment that Jesus had risen from the dead. But this is what I want to see you to see with me this morning. That Simon Peter went through a long, dark night of sorrow and suffering because of his denial of the Lord Jesus. And it is very possible for you and me To go through a long, dark night. And maybe not because we betrayed him. Often for other reasons. Through things out of your control. Through things because we let feelings get out of hand. And we don't interpret God's working in our lives in the right way. We don't interpret it appropriately. And we don't see God's purpose. And because of that, we allow ourselves... Failing to believe and failing to, to, to stand in faith and failing to maintain our confidence in Him and His Word. We allow the darkness of doubt and unbelief to overshadow us, to cloud us, and to darken our way. And sometimes it feels like we're living in a long, dark tunnel, trying to get to the end, trying to see the light at the other end of that tunnel. A long, dark night for Simon Peter. And some of you have been in a long, dark night. You may feel like you're still there. You may have come through them in the past. Now you feel like you're there again. You may feel like you're in a long, dark tunnel. And you don't actually see the end of that tunnel as far as you can see. 
which isn't very far ahead, all you can see is more darkness out there. You don't see any way out. You don't see any answer. You don't see any solution. You don't see any conclusion to it. It looks like it's gone on so long that it's just going to keep going on and it's never going to stop. And this long, dark night is never coming to an end. That seemed like a long time for Simon Peter, I will tell you. From the time of that early morning, that early Friday morning. I don't know where he was when Jesus was crucified. Off somewhere in his own sorrow. That's a terrible, a terrible thing. In his own sorrow. In his own darkness. What can I do to come out of this? And then to know that his Savior died. That he was dead. He was crucified on the cross. All of his other friends and disciples came and said, oh yes, oh yes, he is dead. We saw him die on the cross. He is dead. And Joseph of Arimathea was kind enough to take him in and put him in his own tomb. He's in the tomb. The rock has rolled over the tomb. Peter, he's dead. How do you think he had to feel? I don't know that anybody could feel any worse. Job, even Job must not have felt any worse than that. When all that he had, all that Job had was taken away from him. Not because he'd done anything wrong. Not because he'd sinned. Not because he'd betrayed God. But because the devil came to him and tried his faith. I want to tell you, my friend, you may be in a long, dark night because of doing something like Peter. I don't know. But you may be in a long, dark night like Job was when he hadn't done anything wrong. Doesn't mean that you've done something wrong because you're in a long, dark night and can't see the end of it. But I will tell you, There was a time when Simon Peter got a different message. When Jesus said to the women, you know, ordinarily, ordinarily I, I, I would be able to give you exact scriptures and tell you exactly. Trust me, I know the scriptures well enough to know that what I'm telling you is here and I know it's true. I'd like to be able to give you chapter and verse. But I just got this message this morning at 9 o'clock. So I haven't had time to look up all the scriptures. But I will tell you that, it, that the record says that, not, it's not that I didn't do anything. I've got four notes or five pages of notes, four or five pages of notes on another sermon that I'm not preaching this morning. I'm preaching this this morning because this is what God wants you to hear. That's why I'm telling you this. But there came a time when the message went out. Go tell the disciples and Peter, that he has risen from the dead. Specifically, named, he didn't name John, he didn't name Andrew, didn't name Bartholomew, didn't name Matthew, he just named Peter. Go tell the disciples and Peter, because nobody was suffering the way Peter was suffering. And, and it was, Jesus knew it. The resurrected Savior knew it. Go tell Peter, Tell all the disciples, be, be sure to tell Peter that his long, dark night is over. If he'll just come, just, just, come and, just come and see me, just come and realize what's happened. Death has been conquered. I've come forth from the tomb. I've overcome the grave. I've become the victor. Go tell Simon Peter, he's forgiven. His long, dark night is over. As soon as he sees me, as soon as he's in my presence, he'll know his long, dark night is over. 
Now I want to tell you, I want to tell you, my friends, the scripture, if you look at all the times that Jesus appeared after his resurrection, the scripture says that, that, that there was a time, there was a time when Jesus appeared to Simon Peter. There was a time. You give me a chance to, and time to find it, I'll, I'll show it to you. <laughs> Told you why I don't have it right now. There was a time after his resurrection that Jesus appeared to Simon Peter. Just to him. Just to him. All the appearances of Jesus that are recorded after his resurrection, that are to, they're, they're recorded in the scripture to prove that he rose from the dead. And it says that there was a time that he appeared to Simon Peter. I don't know. The, the scripture, you know why I think the scripture doesn't record that? It doesn't tell about that meeting just with Simon. It tells about him. It tells about Jesus talking to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus and what happened with them. It tells about Jesus talking to Mary Magdalene when she fell down before him and cried out, Master, and was going to cry and worship him, worship him right there. It tells about that. It doesn't tell about the personal encounter of the Lord Jesus with Simon Peter. But the scripture says it happened. Now, why doesn't it do that? I'm not really sure. But this is what I believe. It was such a tremendous thing. There wasn't any way to put it in words. For Simon Peter, it was life again. It was life all over again. It was, it was, it was the restoration. It was the restoration of Simon Peter. It was bringing him back. And there wasn't really any, really any way to actually describe that meeting, that encounter, when Simon Peter realized the Lord Jesus had forgiven him. The Lord had taken him back. And that his long, dark night was over. And my friend, I want to tell you, there is coming a time. I won't say it's this morning. I won't say it's today. But I'll say it's not long and I'll say it soon. There's coming a time when the long, dark night that you've been walking in is over. There's coming a time when that tunnel that you feel like you're walking, that you're walking in and you look ahead and you're going, to see, you're going to see a ray of daylight. And the closer you get, the more light you're going to see. And you're going to walk out of that long, dark tunnel. You're going to walk out of that long, dark night. And you're going to walk out into the light and into the victory. Because this is what the Lord said. I, the, your long night is over. The sun, not the sun, but the S-O-N, the sun is shining on you. Your long, dark night is coming to an end. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. And if it isn't over now, it soon will be. If it isn't over today, expect it tomorrow. If it isn't over tomorrow, it's going to be soon. The long dark night is almost over for you. The long dark night for your family is almost over. It's going to come to an end and the sun is going to shine again. The long dark night for a church, this church, is almost over and the sun is going to shine. He's already started shining, breaking through the clouds and through the darkness and the light of the Son of God is coming the long dark night is almost over and the sun is going to shine on us again hallelujah glory to God hallelujah 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 praise God you know I could keep on talking about this I could go on talking about this but you know why I'm going to quit I'm going to quit because the Lord said I'm through that's it that's it that's it are you glad 
that your long diet diet is almost over. I sat this morning in the presence of the Lord just, just as I finished up all my notes. Oh, I had a great sermon. All the scripture verses written down. All the points written down. Oh, Scott, I still got it over there in my book. I brought it with me just in case I changed my mind about this. <laughs> I told Carolyn coming on the way. I said, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Anyway. I was sitting there this morning, about the time I finished that, I hadn't even printed it yet, I just put the last word on, and the Spirit of God came over me, and the Spirit of God started to move in my heart, and I started to weep and cry and speak in tongues, and this power of God just kept moving, and for about an hour, I just sat there closed up in my office of God moving, and I just kept hearing the Lord say, the long, dark night is over, the long, dark night is over. Now, I could have just taken that from me. At first I did, frankly. But then the more he spoke to me about it, the more I knew this isn't just for me. I've got to say this to the church this morning. This is the message of God for the hour. It isn't what my sermon is. It isn't what my plan is. It's what the message of God is. Because I've been walking around for weeks saying, Lord, I am your obedient servant. Lord, I am your faithful and trustworthy child. Lord, I am your anointed messenger. Well, if I am, I've got to do what the Lord tells me to do. And God will always give us what we need when we do that. And God's given you today a message for your life. For your life. Your darkness is coming to an end. The sun is ready to shine. Hallelujah. And we ought to rejoice in that. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. (laughs) I said I was going to quit, but you know Pentecostal preachers. I was, I was preaching years ago. I was preaching in Calvary Temple one morning, and I was I was at a time of, I was I was at a time of great anointing in my life, like I am now, and I praise God for it. I am anointed now in my life to to, to minister to you, to come to you, to preach to you, and even not to the fullest extent that God wants it. There's still more coming, but. That morning I started saying something that I just surprised myself with. I started preaching about people being mad with God. There's a reason I'm telling you this this morning too. I'll let you decide that. I started, I started talking about people being mad with God. I said, you're mad with God and you don't have any right to be. You, just because somebody died, because you lost something, because, because there was suffering and you've been mad with God. And I saw people kind of looking at each other like, what business did I have saying something like that? And I'll tell you, I was surprised at it too. But that afternoon, uh, a, a man in the church who was very close to me, I can tell you his name today, tell you his wife's name too. He called me that afternoon. He said, Pastor. He said, Pastor, on the way home, my wife, Hazel, said, the pastor was talking to me this morning. She said, I've been mad at God ever since. My brother died, and he died suddenly and unexpectedly in, in, not, in, in very unpleasant circumstances. She said, I've been mad with God ever since. I didn't, I didn't even know it. I just knew that I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't grow. I couldn't move spiritually. I, couldn't, I, just, I, just, I just knew it. She said, and I should have got up and run down to the altar this morning. That's what I felt led to do. That's what I should have done, but I didn't. But she said, I want you to call the pastor and tell him, and I want him to pray for me. And so we did. We pray, and I will tell you that she got delivered. 
And, and, and I was there when she went to glory, but she didn't go to glory mad with God. She conquered that because God spoke to her. Because God had a message. I don't remember if there were other people that day who, who said that was the message that for them to. I don't know. But I do remember her specifically. And I, and I remember so well because I was, I was so very close to them. I never had any idea that she would have been the person that I was talking to. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. But I know I'm talking to somebody. I may be talking to everybody, but I know I'm specifically talking to somebody. So you, my friend, you've got to decide that. This is the message for you. I am going to tell you, your long, dark night is over. And the sun is shining on you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Stand with me, please. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, praise your name.